Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 to 45. Glory to you, o Lord. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as a scribe. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve him. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. A leper came to him, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And he went out and began to proclaim it freely, and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country. And people came to him from every quarter. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you, O Christ. And grace to you and peace from God our Father and from his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. So, our story begins. A mysterious stranger emerges from nowhere 
He comes into the farthest reaches of an empire that many have sought to topple. The stranger gathers a posse together. They come to a desolate region where people suffer from poverty and disease. The stranger must face dark forces and many enemies. An endless stream of mercenaries has come seeking reward and bringing destruction. And there will be no peace until they are gone. The people have never met a Messiah. They have only heard the stories. But when they meet this man, they know that if these stories are true, he will make good work of it. But that's about enough about the Mandalorian for this morning. Uh, if you have not seen it yet, I can tell by the low volume of laughter, many of you probably haven't. Uh, uh, I call these relevant fails. Um, uh, the Mandalorian is a new show streaming on Disney Plus, uh, which is incredibly popular. It is basically Star Wars, uh, but it is set and shot and acted as if it is an old Western movie, which makes it a lot of fun. The pacing is very fast. It's very quiet. So those of you who might be fans of The Magnificent Seven or High Noon or any of those classic Westerns, you would enjoy it. And Westerns are great ways to tell stories. So as we embark on this gospel written by Mark, it is so good that we've had all these stories together. Because just like the Mandalorian, the gospel of Mark is paced like a Western. It goes from scene to scene to scene. It, um, it, it doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue. It may not have a lot of shooting, but it does have a lot of action. As Jesus goes from place to place, casting out demons, healing, uh, and uh, raising people from the dead, bringing comfort, uh, knocking around the religious leaders, all of those, it moves quickly from scene and to scene and scene. If you read the Greek, it says, and then, and then, and then, and then. It keeps you hooked, just like a good Western movie. And I think the story we have today, you could call this chapter, A New Sheriff Comes to Town. Right? Whereas in the other Gospels, the first things that Jesus does after he gathers his disciples, in Matthew he goes and, and, and teaches, in Luke he goes and uh, unwraps a scroll in the synagogue, who knows what he does in John? The very first thing that Jesus does in the Gospel of Mark, and it's the wedding of Cana, by the way, but it doesn't matter. The very first thing that he does in the Gospel of Mark is march into the synagogue, begin teaching, and throwing out unclean spirits. It is definitely a Western, and this is definitely a new sheriff who has come to town. Uh, Westerns, I think, are so compelling because they tell stories that are, uh, that are easy to follow and kind of clearly, you know, most of the older ones at least, clearly kind of marked good and evil. And most Westerns, like all stories, have two plots, and these are really important for you to remember. The first plot is a stranger comes into town, and the second plot is somebody goes on a journey. Think of every movie, think of every story you've ever told that you've ever heard. You could probably fit that into one of those two categories. Which one was Frozen 1? 
stranger comes to town or if somebody goes on a journey? Uh, frozen one? What about Anna's character? Wasn't there a prince who kind of came to town and caused problems, right? What was Frozen 2? Journey. Journey, right? And you can do this with a lot of different movies. I won't keep you here all day, but remember those two plots. A stranger comes to town and somebody goes on a journey. So I'll ask right now, what do you think we heard in the Gospel of Mark this morning? Stranger comes to town, okay, right? And it's done so well. And who is that stranger? Jesus, right? Nobody knows where he's where he comes from, right? When he goes into the synagogue, how do people react? This is a sermon you're gonna have to uh, not be Lutheran and actually look at your Bible. Uh, what do people say? The first thing that people say when they hear Jesus? What is this? <laughs> We've never seen anything like this before. They don't know who this person is, but who does know who he is right off the bat? The bad guys know exactly who he is. He is the Holy One of God. Which, by the way, people who want to say, you know, Jesus never claimed to be divine in the New Testament, uh, this is one of those passages that you can open for your LDS friends or missionaries. What does the Holy One of God mean? It is used Nobody else in the Old Testament is used to describe nobody else in the Bible except Jesus. So these demons know exactly who Jesus is, and he casts them out, not like uh, you know, White Herb or Doc Holliday in the OK Corral. What does he cast them out with? Words. And you'll see Jesus, he doesn't really in Mark like to get into these long, like, you know, these long, and they're, you know, Jesus, they're good sermons. These long sermons like he gets into a John or these long teachings in Matthew and Mark, right? Jesus doesn't really waste any time and he doesn't really get a lot of dialogue in Mark's gospel, right? You can just, if you've got one of those red letter Bibles, you'll see Jesus just saying, come out of him, get up. I want you to be clean, be clean, right? He speaks these sharp little words. It's almost like he's talking like somebody else who said, let there be light. Let the, let the earth be separated from the sky. Let the waters, right? Who else? Who talked like that? God. So Jesus is coming and doing what nobody else is doing. He is, he is speaking words that are more than prophetic. He is speaking words that are more than just descriptive. He is speaking words that have power. When he says something, it happens, which is a, a very powerful kind of matching. Um, and so that's what he does. He walks around like a gunslinger saying, get out of them, demons. Be healed. You're free. Right? Jesus comes and he has this massive power that in the Old Testament is reserved to God alone to speak things into existence. And what he is speaking of is a new creation where there is no disease, where there is no separation of people from one another. And we don't like to think of evil spirits in our culture anymore because we're under this myth that were these free, autonomous, North American, uh, liberated individuals. Uh, but all of the evil spirits that maybe we have seen in ourselves or in others, right? Those spirits of uh, addiction, those spirits of depression, those things that seem to come from outside of us and control us. Jesus walks up to those people and says, get out. These people, he reclaims them for God. So Jesus is walking around and just vomiting 
new creation. I'm sorry for that image so close after New Year's Day. But he is, he, is, he is speaking forth this powerful new creation. And so that's what you are watching here. The Gospel of Mark is an action movie. But what's interesting about this is that Jesus is doing this. He is speaking, and he's telling everybody else to shut up. Right? The demons say who he is, and what does he say? Don't, 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 uh, don't tell anybody about this. He cures the leper, and uh, he says to the leper, go show yourself to the priest. You know, mark that you're ritually clean now, and uh, don't talk about this anymore. But do they listen to Jesus? No. Right? They My favorite is the lever. There's this little Greek word where it says, uh, he says, it says, the, uh, the leper went around and spread it around and proclaimed it. Um, we have, uh, the, our English Bible likes to clean things up a little bit. Uh, Mark does not use clean language. It says, you know, in your Bible it says, he proclaimed it freely, but it's this little adverb, hola. Uh, which means really hard <laughs> or uh, really powerfully, right? So he, uh, Jesus tells him to be quiet, and this guy runs out and tells everybody really hard <laughs> about what Jesus has done for him. So the question becomes, if Jesus has all this power, right, any good Western movie, somebody will, uh, when, uh, you know, Gary Cooper in High Noon, have you guys seen that? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. See, I know your audience, man. Uh, right? When Gary Cooper walks into town to face the bad guys, he wants everyone to know. Um, he wants everybody to know how, uh, who he is, and what he's there to do. But Jesus, for some reason, does not want people to do this. And there are a lot of theories that uh, people have about why Jesus is so kind of like closed now about uh, why he doesn't want people talking about what he's doing. Uh, one fear is uh, there was another person uh, who was, uh, people claimed that he was, he was such a humble guy, he never claimed it for himself. Uh, there was another guy who claimed to be son of God, um, and uh, his name was uh, Emperor Tiberius. Um, so some people think that Jesus was fearful that if that word got out that he was claiming to be the son of God, that the Romans would have put an end to him right there, um, rather than what he eventually did. There's a, another theory by a German scholar in the 1890s that said, well, um, the disciples really just kind of made up this story. And when people said, well, why haven't we heard about this before? And they said, oh, Jesus told us not to tell you until now. <laughs> there are all these theories. It's called the, uh, it's a really boring book. I read it. Uh, I don't want to do that again. But it's called The Messianic Secret by William Reed. If you really want to dig into somebody spending a lot of time on theory. Um, there's, so there's all these theories, but, but I think the reason that Jesus doesn't want people talking about who he is or what he's doing, the reason he doesn't want his identity revealed uh, as a stranger coming to town, uh, right, it's almost the opposite of a superhero, right? A superhero wants to be known by their like superpower ability, right? Batman is Bruce Wayne is not afraid to tell criminals I'm Batman, right? Uh, and he doesn't want people to know about Bruce Wayne. But Jesus is the opposite. He wants everybody to know that he's just Jesus of Nazareth and not the Son of God. I have my own theory as to why this stranger 
did not want his real identity, which was more powerful than his regular identity. Now. Anyway, I spent all day on comic metaphors, um, but not sports ones today. So you guys are free from that. Uh, the real reason is I don't think that the Gospel of Mark is a story about a stranger coming to town at all. It's the other one. What's the other plot? Someone goes on a journey. And you see this. Jesus gets up in the morning because even Jesus needs downtime. You're right. <laughs> even Jesus needs downtime. So he gets up and he thinks early in the wee hours of the morning, people will just leave me alone because the word has kind of gotten out and everybody is kind of coming around him and, and wanting, uh, wanting to you know, have themselves healed or their family healed or just kind of see what the fuss is all about. And uh, so he thinks, I'm just going to get up really early in the morning and I'm going to have my private prayer and devotional time. But then Peter runs right up to him and says, hey, Everybody is looking for you, right? And what does Jesus say? Let's get out of here, right? Jesus acts like it's like bill collectors that have come to find him, right? Uh, could you imagine like somebody, your, your friend comes to the door and it's like, hey, uh, your friend's here. And then you're like, let's go to uh, Peruff right now. <laughs> this is what Jesus does because Jesus is going on a journey. And if this stranger lets out who his power and who he is and where his power comes from, people are just going to want to kind of like park him in their little space, in their little town, kind of make him a local legend, kind of make him, you know, this uh, medicine man slash healer, right? People will try to possess him and keep him from going to where he is headed. He doesn't want that word to get out because he doesn't want anybody telling this story until the story is finished. And where is the story of Jesus' earthly life finished? On the cross. On the cross. Oh my gosh. Pop quiz, you guys are doing great today. Right? Because on the cross, rather than us possessing Jesus... Rather than us stopping and saying, oh, we, you know, we just need some of Jesus' power um, in our lives. We need some Holy Ghost power, right? Rather than doing that, rather than trying to possess Jesus in our hearts, in our political affiliations, in our, uh, in our, in our checkbooks, or any of the other places that we think Jesus came to kind of like magnify us. Rather than possessing Jesus there, Jesus went to the cross to possess us. Jesus went to the cross to make each and every single one of you, to make me and everybody we meet, a character in this story. Jesus didn't want people saying who he was because he didn't want to be tied down. He was going not to be a local legend, but to be a savior for the entire world. It's a really powerful and beautiful thing because on that cross, rather than us possessing Jesus, Jesus came to possess us. Jesus came to claim us in all the parts of us we hide. Those of you who have heard me preach and talked about this before, but all of those sinful, doubting, addicted, uh, painful, wounded parts of us, the parts that we hide from everybody else. Jesus doesn't want to be in our wallets or all the places that we look for our power to be increased. Jesus wants to possess us. 
and that in those places where we are weak. Right? And he has to tell this to the disciples over and over again because the disciples get, keep getting the story wrong. Right? Later in the story, two of the disciples will say, hey, I'd like to sit at your left hand. Uh, my brother would like to sit at your right hand. Right? They think that this is going to be a story about power, and he says, no. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to die, to, to serve, to die as a ransom for many. This story is meant to continue. Even Disney could not imagine the number of sequels to this movie. <laughs> the movie of Jesus coming into earth, Jesus being born, Jesus being born in our lives, Jesus being born in our neighborhoods, Jesus being born in the world, Jesus leading us out of this place to continue to all of the places where there are crosses due to injustice, due to neglect, due to family breakdown. Jesus is leading us all there because not only is Jesus going on a journey, we are too. So when you listen to this story, you know who the stranger is. The most important thing is knowing where he is going. Even though most of you won't get the joke, I have spoken. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hymn of the day, uh, you may stand to sing it, is Go Tell It on the Mountain. Yeah.